welcome to the first episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. Hey, Don. I'm so excited to have you uh, with me here. We worked together 10 years ago at Nielsen. Now we're reunited uh, at Recon Analytics, and I'm very excited to talk with you about telecom. I am excited as well, Roger. I've we've kept up uh, over the years, and uh, it's great to be working with you full time again. Good, awesome. So, what happened this week? What happened this week? Well, we have a number of things that happened. Uh, for one, Verizon uh, bought prepaid reseller TrackPhone for six point nine billion dollars in cash and equity this week from America Mobile. Uh, Roger, yeah. what do you think this purchase means for carriers as well as the wholesale business in the U.S.? Well, I think uh, first of all, this that there's uh, you know an exit strategy for uh, for MVNOs, right? If you're successful enough, and a network operator, you know, might actually buy you. What it also means is that you know Carlos Slim is is exiting the the U.S. Uh, he's the richest man in in Mexico, owning uh, America Mobile. And, you know, he has been here for 20 years, right, with TrackPhone and uh, is now exiting. For Verizon, it means a, a viable prepaid strategy as we're facing unprecedented, or at least in our lifetimes, unprecedented unemployment. And when we look at the Great Recession from 2007, you know, the, the lessons are clear, right? And I think you you've written a research note about it, uh, Don. Maybe maybe you can go a little bit into that. Yeah. So when we took a look at this, is really interesting. Uh, when the Great Recession of 2007 hit, it really took a while for that to ripple through to the wireless industry. So as you would imagine, folks don't go out and get prepaid phones this, the second the economy starts to not do well. Uh, instead, what happens? It takes a while for the credit facilities that folks use to get postpaid devices to really be impacted. And so what we saw when we looked at this was that it took almost a full year for the postpaid net ads, so the new new customers on, on postpaid service, to go negative, right? So to, to start the, for that industry to start shrinking at the expense of prepaid. So I think there's an interesting implication for what's happening right now, given that we are in an unprecedented situation in terms of rates of poverty and where the economy is going right now, uh, or has gone already. Or is staring us in the face, right? Right. So I thought it was a timely acquisition for Verizon. Yeah. Typically, they haven't put forth a lot of effort in terms of competing with prepaid. They've always been more of a uh, premium brand. But this gives them a fairly large value segment. Uh, TrackPhone was had over 21 million subscribers. Uh, so that's not an insignificant portion of the prepaid market. Yeah, no, they, they were the largest prepaid provider. and uh, But this closes only in uh, end of 21 after after regulatory thing. But the interesting thing is the lessons from, from 2007 is as the economy deteriorated and unemployment increased, we saw four years of net losses in in postpaid and significant increase in prepaid for those four years. And then it's only then it started flip-flopping again. So the timing is quite impeccable. Now we'll see how 
how this economy will will pan out, the $600 a week extra unemployment benefits is certainly helping with all of that and the Keep America pledge uh, as well. And that is an agreement to not disconnect anyone for a given period of time, correct? So all of the major carriers agreed uh, at the start of the financial crisis that they would not disconnect service for a given period of time. I believe that is that's expiring soon. Is that correct? That no, that expired end of June. So we'll see now the first impact uh, of what may or may not happen. You know, traditionally the carriers have been aggressive in disconnecting people who got into uh, arrears. This time might be different. You know, today we saw Hans Vesberg basically saying he thinks everybody will 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 pay up and he doesn't have to uh, disconnect anybody. I think I think he's very optimistic considering that we have seen already unemployment claims four times that of all of the the great recession from 2007. So I guess this will be an even greater recession or at least the unemployment numbers are are significantly bigger. So we'll see what happens here. I think also one of the things we have to look at is you know, as you mentioned, TrackPhone being the largest MVNO, they had quite a bit of pricing power. And and with 21 million customers, they can do a lot more and ask for a lot better prices than, you know, even Dish with 9 million or Consumer Cellular with four or or Comcast and Charter with about 2 million each. So I think if there's any regulatory uh, review, it should definitely look at the, the wholesale market because that is a market that is in, in upheaval and needs to be looked at. And now there's another part of the business that, that TrackPhone had as well around Lifeline. Can you talk a little bit about Lifeline, what it is, and potentially what sort of ramifications that would have on the economic situation given where we are? Well, Lifeline is is a service with the that the government provides for everybody who doesn't have who gets government benefits. And one phone per household gets a phone. Uh, It's about 7 million uh, people right now. It was a lot more during the recession of 2007, you know, more than twice that number. And uh, TrackPhone is one of the biggest lifeline providers through a brand called SafeLink with about uh, 2 million customers. Right. So they're about roughly 20, 25% of that business. Yeah, Verizon said that it will continue to provide these services, even though that the other network operators have all uh, basically exited the market. And even if they offer it through as an MVNO or through an MVNO, they're not counting these lines. But we'll see. You know, Lifeline should increase over time as as more and more people get unemployed or the unemployment benefits are running out. So we'll see. Before the recession hit, only about 18% of people who are eligible for Lifeline actually claimed the benefit. So there's a lot of headroom. We'll see what happens. But it certainly provides some protection on the downside relative to folks getting help from the government for the economic crisis. All right, next up, NVIDIA is in talks to acquire fellow semiconductor company Arm Holdings for an eye-popping $40 billion. We all know NVIDIA is a GPU manufacturer. Recently, they've become more involved in processing for artificial intelligence. And we know ARM is a producer and licensor of mobile chipsets. 
Uh, on the, beyond the fact that both those companies produce silicon, how do these companies fit together? Why does this deal make sense or does it make sense? Well, it all makes sense because it's all about AI, right? NVIDIA, through its graphics cards, by the way, the connecting thing between graphics cards and AI, it's all parallel processing. It's a different application of the same computing thing. And with ARM, more and more of the um, processing for AI is happening on mobile devices. For example, when you listen to Apple, they, they talk all day long about how all their AI is happening on, on the device. So this gives NVIDIA the ability to have both AI on the device and uh, in the cloud and gives them a huge foothold on basically every smartphone that is being sold. Because every smartphone is running on ARM or at least RISC chipsets. So that's huge. It's a huge expansion for NVIDIA if they are actually able to pull it off. Because it's one thing to come to an agreement with uh, Masa Sun, who uh, was the previous owner of, or who is the current owner of ARM uh, through SoftBank. It's another thing to get regulatory approval from the Chinese government, right? Right. And they need to approve this. So it's, it needs to go through US, UK, EU, and Chinese approval. I don't think that the first three are a big problem. It's a non-overlapping business. If the Chinese regulators let uh, the British ARM IP fall into the hands of an American company, and therefore in the reach of the American government to impose sanctions on them, when their whole handset business relies on, on ARM chips, is more than questionable. And there's a history of this happening before, correct? Uh, didn't Qualcomm have a deal that got quashed by the Chinese government late last year? Exactly. Uh, you know, Qualcomm wanted to buy NXP, the Dutch uh, automotive electronics company, and uh, the Chinese government, after two years of sitting on this, finally said then, uh, no, but no thanks. A lot of people think that it's also uh, a casualty of the trade war. So we'll see what happens here. I think the election will play a role. We'll see how, how, how this happens. But it's the politicization of, the, of business. Last week, AT&T CEO John Stanky wrote an op-ed for Politico on how to expand broadband to cover all Americans. Roger, what were some of the key takeaways here, and what should we read into this vis-a-vis AT&T's position on expanding rural broadband? He laid out four points, which are, I don't think, very controversial. First one is around improved mapping. We all agree that, that the mapping that we have is, is insufficient because... Basically, if one home in a, in a census block has uh, coverage uh, with broadband, then it assumes that everybody in that census block has coverage. And they're big and small census blocks, right? In Manhattan, it's a, it's a block, if not two. In Alaska, it can be 8,500 square miles. And so census block is not the right way to look at that. And we, we need to look at it address by address, really. He, he called for improved lifeline to, uh, and we talked about lifeline before, to make, make this affordable for every American on government benefits. Because 
uh, we all fall behind as a country when parts of the population doesn't have broadband and broadband has become the lifeline. You can't apply for a job without internet anymore. So uh, that is that. And then he asked for a broadband stimulus, which everybody agrees with it too. The Democrats even proposed $80 billion for this. We'll see if we get that. And he asked for sustainable funding because it's one thing to build this. You know, Lifeline basically pays for the ongoing bills, but we want to upgrade this as well. And so it needs sustainable funding. And uh, I wrote a research note about it and and it's both on the Recon website and will be on fears. You know, I don't think it's very controversial what Mr. Stanky here proposes. The encouraging thing is that a large company like AT&T is, is putting its weight behind it because it's, I think, good for everybody. No, I think we should do this because in difficult times like now, we lay the foundation for for better times. And uh, broadband is that indispensable, besides wireless, the two indispensable tools that will bring us forward and uh, and enable greater prosperity in the United States. So I, I was very encouraged by AT&T and, and John Stanky's uh, comments. Well, we certainly hope that uh, with all the distance learning going on, with all the work from home going on, uh, I think there's a general acknowledgement that it's pretty hard nowadays to, to do your job in many circumstances without adequate access to internet. So expanding that beyond kind of the current fr- footprint, I think, is a is a good thing uh, to be and, in favor of. You know, we, we did a survey about it, right? Basically, every white-collar worker is now working from home with broadband. A third of people that we asked would not move into a place without broadband. So it's absolutely critical to have that. You know, we should put resources behind it. Well, folks, that's all we have time for today. Uh, If you like the podcast, remember to subscribe and give us a good review. We'll be back every week to go over topics driving the telecom industry. 